Good morning, this is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene, and today we're talking about non-combat encounters. Since we talked about combat encounters last week, I think it would be a good idea to talk about other ways to make uh, combat, not combat, but encounters fun, uh, or alternatives to combat, because there's a lot of games out there that focus on combat, like let's say D&D, maybe even Twilight 2000, stuff like that, military-themed games. Okay. <laughs> I thought it would be a good idea to talk about things that you could do to uh, other than than combat. When you set up encounters that are not centered on combat, some I, some ideas that I had were, uh, of course, if you're playing like a mystery game, they're solving a mystery. Uh, but you can incorporate that into an encounter, like maybe a, a small mystery, or a, like a not a side quest, but maybe something. Smaller than a side quest. If well, if you think about it, most role-playing games have to have encounters that aren't combat. Otherwise, you would just be going from fight to fight. Well, I'm imagining like a dungeon, right? A dungeon. But even a dungeon, I guess there's other ways to resolve uh, conflict. Does it have to be conflict? Can it just be... Well, of course. It could be something totally innocuous. Innocuous? You love it when I throw in the words. But it could be something totally different than the combat, right? So I'm thinking, like, somebody asks you to find an item, which is kind of like a quest, right? They usually say, oh, go find me the sword of Valuhala. And you're like, yeah, sure, how much gold am I going to get? Okay, and then you sort out a deal. But a, an item that that maybe a villager requests or something that doesn't isn't, like, a big deal. It's not a quest type thing, but, like, I lost a cart. Can you find it for me? That could be a very boring encounter. Well, it doesn't have to be, though, is what I'm saying. Think it's be boring? In fact, finding an item is usually like a big quest. The cart one, Saul. Well, I'm thinking of, I'm, I'm thinking off the top of my head, so maybe you might think it off the top of my head. It isn't so good. But, but, but doing something for a, a common person that doesn't have a lot of money to pay you, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. So another thing is convincing an NPC or something. So that's just, uh, that's, uh, that's an encounter, right? That's an encounter. Uh, somebody, you're trying to convince uh, NPC to not send a caravan because it's dangerous, at least for a week or two. And then you got to convince them and then, you know, well, whatever, whatever that is, uh, you got to convince an NPC of to do something or not to do something. And that, that's pretty easy. I mean, it doesn't have to be a long encounter. I'm just saying there's alternatives to everything has to be a fight or everything has to deal with combat but if you think about it when you're playing the game there's all kinds of things that don't deal with combat okay like what well when you first meet when your your party gets together there's right. usually not combat involved right when that, that's meeting each other i guess i guess that's an encounter when you guys are all talking to each other all right so yeah you're talking about when a party gets together and that's a cool idea yeah well however they get together that's a good encounter for the group how about the encounter on the road with the wizard <laughs> that obviously ends in combat <laughs> not always sometimes he sends you on a quest oh oh oh, oh okay sometimes he's an old man that you're helping yeah but uh most people wouldn't trust the old man on the road why is you he by always himself? put why is he by himself you how always, come he doesn't have any guards you always put a guy out there to give information there must be something wrong with that man yeah, you're right. I have done that in the past. And, uh, yeah, and you guys haven't killed them, so that's good. Plus, those bloodthirsty savages. 
another one I was thinking of is uh, just the race, right? There's, we've we, we you even oh, you had one in your paladin campaign when we were racing horses, but uh, that's a good idea. And I, I jokingly put down the pod pod racing. I don't think you should call it a campaign. It was a adventure. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> a little bit grandiose for a for a campaign but uh, I, was I, I was reading about a guy who's the, the question was what is your favorite non-combat scenario or mm. not scenario scene and this guy to use the the indiana jones the temple of doom one where they're going down on the inside of the um of course his was a dwarf mine on little carts on rails, on rails. Yes. and he had his party roll for you know if it was a fat he used an encounter table which I don't suggest, but sometimes they might come in handy, I guess. People love and, tables. And though. he had them, he, so he would randomly roll to see like if they had to roll their dexterity for a sharp turn to stay inside of the cart. Yes. And things like that. Ah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. That's pretty interesting. I've never, I've never ran a, uh, an encounter like that where you had to do a lot of rolls, uh, characteristic rolls. Well, that would be interesting. Uh, I mean, I thought that was an interesting idea. The problem I have with that is I would like the players to be able to mitigate that, but I guess they could come up with ideas that would help them on the roll. Like, I don't know what what to think. but Well, it could be that you, you see that you're coming up to a space where there is no rail and you're going to have to jump it in your cart to get to the other side. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what kind of roll would you ask for? Something easy. Something acrobatics. <laughs> Go hold on to the cart and then jump and pull it up with you. Does that? No, I, I. I know this is this is a dumb question, but does the law uh, Isaac Newton laws uh, work in in D and D games? I don't know. Well, I'm saying that you know, like the classic cartoon where they grab onto the side of the of the cart and then they jump and then you can pull yourself up and the cart. Is that possible? No, because I guess the cart would just pull you down. <laughs> maybe the cart maybe you would have to like get your your rope ready and and have the person that's with you in the cart hang on to you because you're gonna have to lasso something before that's, you get to that's that's a good idea yeah the people that you play with will come up with all kinds of ideas i'm sure that's true you're right so the, the, the reason i like racing is because it fits in almost any different kind of uh world or environment or genre right so i, I jokingly at, uh, mentioned pod racing so in a science fiction game you can race land speeders or whatever like or things like that but pod racing would be fun and you could like make it so what is it just like in the the phantom menace <laughs> i know people are gonna he laughs wince when you hear that but it was an interesting you know watching it might have been a little bit long especially like in the special edition or whatever they came out with but uh i enjoyed it and i thought it was very interesting how comes back from the from the behind to win and all this other stuff but there's like there's all kinds of obstacles and one of the obstacles is those guys on the hills with the guns that were shooting at them and they were terrible shots but they did hit a couple of them so i think that would be interesting whether the the those in the race would bother to try to shoot the i forget who the, the sand people who that were up on the on the ridge shooting down at them well i can think of other ideas for races like if you're playing Feng Shui, you could be racing through the city. Oh, and a cop car, and cars. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, things like that. I mean, that would be Ch interesting. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be a, a chase scene. A chase scene is interesting. It also is. A you could just be event. racing to get to where the bomb is, or something, right? Right, right, right. 
Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and if a bomb that, is another non-combat encounter. Is it? Is it though? Is it, I don't know. It blowing up is kind of combaty. No. Well, I think the encounter is you trying to disarm it or get it disarmed. Or get rid of it. Or get rid of it. Yeah. The classic Batman. Remember the Batman movie from the sixties with uh, I forget the actor Adam. Adam West. Adam West, where he's running around with the bomb over his head. I don't remember that, that particularly. Have, that might have been in since the movie I, I wasn't alive. You never watched it. I watched it in reruns. Right, right. Of course we did. I'm not saying that you were there for the live sc- screening. But I don't remember a movie. Well, there was there, you know, oh, there was definitely a movie because I remember seeing the movie every once in a while. Because back when I was a kid, and I said this before, we only had three channels and we didn't have an independent channel, and that's where you would watch it. it was on channel two. They actually showed Batman the the series. Just as an aside, Channel 2 is an independent channel. Right. I said we didn't have... Uh, we couldn't get it. We couldn't get it in Salinas. Uh, it was too far away. We couldn't get it with our rabbit ears. Yeah. Yeah. Sucked. It was a long time ago. Uh, and TV and it was hard to come and by. And Channel 44, but uh, we also didn't get Channel 44, which was, I think, from Sacramento. It, so, we, we got Channel 44, but you had to turn it to the UFH. Of course. And course. then do the little clicky-clicky. Yes. The... If she, you don't know what that is... That was That's okay. For remote controls. <laughs> that was when you had to work with your TV to find channels. <laughs> I didn't mess with the antenna to make sure the reception was good. No cable, in other words. So, besides, so racing is a good idea. I like racing because it's, like I said, it fits almost any genre and you can, it, it's a variety of things. It could be a foot race. You know, uh, we need to get to the side of town. You need to get rid of this bomb. You need to, uh, you wagered your starship on this uh, pod race. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anything you need to pay Jabba the Hut to get off the planet, and yes. you have to race to do it. I don't think it was Jabba the Hut, but yeah, you could throw Jabba the Hut in their mix. Well, that's how and he doesn't like losing either. I don't think. No, no, not at all. He'll throw you into a big giant pit that'll eat you. <laughs> yeah, he was kind of mean, huh? Well, in the 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 theme of racing, though, I can think of a couple others, not necessarily races, but if you talk about. Not Paladin. Well, it could be Paladin, but um, what's the other one? You're talking about the uh, King Dragon? Arthur or Pin Dragon? Yes. So you could have a a fair or a of course jousting tournament. Uh, that's what a lot of a lot of things are about jousting tournaments and stuff. And or tournaments, <clears throat> not necessarily just jousting. So the the tournament is could be a non combat encounter, right? Because, oh, there's horsemanship. Yeah. I mean, the jousting part might be considered a combat table or something but there's all the intrigue and stuff that goes around at the tournament the courtly stuff yes yes in fact a lot of games or a lot of ventures in pendragon deal with tournaments and they well tournaments were where a lot of deals and stuff were made right right and that's where you would you would uh you would get money too i think if you want oh yeah for jousting and for fighting they would also fight with weapons axes and and stuff like that on on foot melee combat. So that was interesting because because I really didn't you know because when you think about tournaments like in what is it uh, King life. Arthur days or whatever <laughs> <laughs> I know King Arthur days. Okay, King Arthur days. There probably weren't tournaments unless you're playing Pendragon. Then there could be, but well, I know I'm giving you this weird look, but you mean, what do you mean? What, okay, okay. The, the time press. <laughs> You're going against everything I know about King Arthur Pendragon and medieval history. Say that again. Okay. It's fine if you say King Arthur days, but if you're actually talking about when King Arthur 
the person supposedly was around. Right. There wouldn't have been tournaments right then. It would have been later on in history. Sorry, just letting you know. You know, you just made all kinds of people in Pendragon angry. No, Pendragon You can write in it. at Jolene at, <laughs> at uh, GamingPerspectives.com. Like, Good luck, because that a, doesn't exist. That's not, a, that's not a real email, by the way. I'm not making it. I know Pendragon plays fast and loose with history. A little so, bit, yes. Because it's the Aetherian legend, which was written a well, lot what, later. What about Paladin? Paladin, is it the correct time? Yes. Also, oh, you're saying... <clears throat> Although... I'm not so sure there would have been tournaments, but there would have been fairs. They probably did do tournaments maybe a little bit later than the 900s. But Okay. Kind of made me sad. <laughs> so what time period? I, I know we're going off track a little bit, but what time period supposedly is uh, King Arthur? The 500s? A little, between there, between 300 and 600. Oh, wow. 300? Really? That early? I didn't know they were in Britain that early. Really? I forget, honey. It's, I didn't take... Uh, you you, you did. <laughs> oh, Hadrian's Wall and all that. Yeah, they're, they're, hello. They're 70 AD or BC. Picks. Yes. All right. Okay. Okay. You're right. Sorry. I had a mental moment. But, but in the Pendragon world, tournaments are a, a lovely way to have um, encounters. Right? Oh, that yeah, aren't, have a, nothing to do with combat. And not only that, it's like a gathering of all kinds of different people, right? And you can put that in any game, right? In a, a spy right. game, you could be going to a ball yes. or a big giant party or an embassy or embassy, something. Embassy, yes. Now, why would they have a party at an embassy is re- ridiculous, right? Oh, what do you mean? Well, maybe for security reasons, because, you know, isn't an embassy well, kind of yeah, have all kinds of Well, technically, you would probably like have it at a hotel. A hotel, yeah. I mean... A hotel I, ballroom would yes. be a perfect place, although you would want it to be a really nice hotel. Like, Well, you know. of course, but I want to say that way, you know, when, you know, you hook up with somebody, you don't have to go all the way out, right? Bada bing, bada boom, it's right upstairs. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you're going, dude. <laughs> Sorry. But you're right. I think uh, I always thought about that, about the embassy thing, because didn't we just watch a show where somebody was invited to an embassy uh, gathering? That was as time goes by, and we were. it was the Venezuelan embassy. Yes, that's what it was. <laughs> so that wasn't a hotbed of, a, of, any, of any proportions of... And that was in Eng- <coughs> England, right? Yes. I guess you wouldn't have a ball in, like, let's say Beirut or wherever. You might, but probably... <laughs> Or somewhere like it's actually like... <laughs> Not an embassy. Yeah, I mean an embassy ball, yes. Okay, so yeah, you could have... A, it's a big, basically a, a tournament you could equate to a party. And you could stick a party or a grand event like that anywhere. And another one... So, so there's that. Then what about if you have to go to a library to find information or yes. a museum? Yes. That's... I hadn't thought of that. Is information gathering. Yeah. Especially if you're not playing in the Google age. Depending on if you're... Information gathering might mean some different things to people playing the thief or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's information gathering. <laughs> Stealing. Yes. No, no, that's that's also basically non-combat. Oh, right. No, well. Dangerous. It could end in the combat. <laughs> but for a thief, usually, and, and, and I guess if you're playing a game that is not super heroic uh, or even heroic like uh, D&D, where you have a lot of hit points, uh, if you're playing like a modern game where you don't have a lot of, where it's dangerous, right? Your character is in mortal danger from any kind of fight. So you're going to avoid fights. 
uh, and a thief wouldn't want to like. It's not like like uh, not like the rogues that we have in the D and D game where they're massive damage dealers, but a real thief who doesn't want to get into combat. Right? Doesn't even carry a gun. Just uh, his idea of a good in- of a good what is it? A good run, a good heist, or whatever you want to call it. Is where he gets in and gets out. He or she gets in and gets out. And nobody's the wiser. Nobody's the wiser. I really You're thinking like... of a, a second story man. Yes, or woman in or... this case. I'm thinking of Leverage. Yes. Right? And there was hardly any combat in Leverage. And Leverage is, I don't know, okay. Leverage is a TV show and they made it into an RPG. Uh, I think it's basically out of print and really hard to get. But uh, you could still find it, I'm sure. No, I don't know about PDF because Margaret Weiss probably lost. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But le- they made it to a, a leverage a TV show into a, a RPG, and I really liked leverage. I think the, all the characters were pretty cool, and a lot of it was swindling. You know, uh, what do you call it? It was basically a Robin Hood game, right? A Robin right. Hood idea. Right, 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 right. Yeah, and so I really liked it. It was a really neat show, and the the female thief in that show, which I forget the name of the actor and the the role. She was really cool. I mean, she was. It was. They really made it out to be uh, really neat. Which I patterned an NPC character in the, not an NPC, a player character in my Dresden Files game. She was a second story lady. Sorry to go on the side there, but that's a really cool uh, show, and I think that's pretty neat. And if you can pat, and then what's what's good about it, if you run those kind of games like modern games, thief games, spy games, or even a middle medieval game where there's a heist kind of thing. It's a, they have really good uh, ideas for that in that show about how you would do it and stuff like that, like you know ideas for putting on a an adventure, of a heist or a robbery. Pretty cool. I think there's all kinds of things you can do out there that is not combat related. I I was just gonna say that I think another game where you want to stay out of combat. Well, probably two that come to mind because it's you could die easily. <clears throat> Call of Cthulhu has a lot of mystery in it. Usually you're going to die anyway, but at least you could try to, you know, survive without fighting. Yes. And also, I was thinking of um, Dark Conspiracy because the monsters are very deadly and a lot of times you have to fight them, but you have to figure out how to. Hit them in the weak spots. Or, you know, get around fighting them like straight up. Straight up, right? Right, definitely. Well, the, the thing weird thing about Dark Conspiracy is, I remember we talked to uh, Marcus Bone on that, and he liked the idea that, unlike Call of Cthulhu, uh, resorting to big guns it was a good problem solver. Yes, <laughs> big guns work very well. So it's, it is kind of combat-centered, but... But it's also like a horror, right? So you want to know what you're fighting against or try to figure out what you're fighting against. Before and, it kills you. Yeah, because it might be immune to lead bullets or yes. or whatever. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, one of the things that, uh, a couple few things that I, I wrote down as to why you would even want to get away from combat, right? As a GM, as a GM. So a change of pace, especially for combat heavy games like D&D, maybe Twilight 2000. Though Twilight 2000 is this post apocalypse uh, post world war three survival game so that could mean a number of things uh but uh anything that has a lot of combat in it champions like heroes uh, or stuff like that 
army games. You know. And you're not saying you're against combat. You're just trying to no. enhance the role-playing aspect of the game by it giving people scenarios or scenes where they don't have to be pulling out their weapons and you, killing things. you read my notes? Cause, uh, no, I can't read upside down. Okay, so the change of pace, I think, would really help uh, both GM and players. I think that's happened before, too, where I ran or I put in a, a non-combat encounters in the games, and and some were really good. You know, some sucked, but some were really good, and the players really liked it. Uh, or certain players really like, like Steve and even you, and, and that were non-combat related stuff. You might have ended it with a combat, but the whole gist of the of the whole the big meat part of the of the adventure or even the encounter was non-combat. One of my my most recent favorites was when we were playing when Felipe was running that um, steampunk, steampunk game. game, and we were try we were at this party right, and there were all of these intrigue things going on, but then. Yes. As we when we left the party, people started dying, and so we were running around trying to keep people from dying. Save people, and we couldn't because they just kept dropping dead. Right, right before, before we, got, we got right there. before we got there. So that was a very interesting. The idea of you were in this party or at a party, right? You were yeah. invited to a party, and then you were working with these people and trying to figure out who the killer was, but you couldn't figure out who the killer was because. Everybody kept dying before you, you. You basically got the clues too late, or we get to them too late. Yeah, but then we couldn't even stop them. I don't think. I mean, that's just the way the adventure was. But there was there wasn't a lot of fighting in that. Was there not? I don't think there was any fighting. Well, we couldn't fight spirits. We tried, but they were like spirits, so you couldn't punch one, which was my favorite thing to do. Because <laughs> that character, he had a really good punching skill. <laughs> They were really weird characters. I thought they were really neat. I mean, weird as in uh, not not the typical characters that we normally play or see in a game. And I don't even remember. Was it Victoriana, the rules that he used? Yeah, Victoriana 3rd Edition. Yeah. By Cubicle 7. I don't know if it was Victoriana. Was yes. there another one? Uh, there, oh, there's, there's a few. We, we talked about, uh, what is it, steampunk games. Uh, but it was definitely Victoriana, the rules that we're using. The, the six side dice. Okay. Yeah, it seemed pretty easy. I thought I really liked it. I really liked the the way he handled the game, and I really liked the adventure. I think it was really neat. Yeah. And you're right. There was no combat in that game. No, it was. We saw the the effects of the combat. <laughs> we saw we, the dead bodies. But we never actually were in combat. And we tried to save them. Yes. We actually did save the last one. I thought. Did we? Possibly. Well, we served them up on a platter and then saved the other ones. I forget how I forget how that ended, but it was a really good game. I really liked. It. You're right. I really liked that one. I went to three, but in my notes, but it's actually number two. Is uh, role playing these non-combat encounters really allows and pushes playing right in combat? How much role playing do you do in combat? There's not a lot usually, but in non-combat encounters, that's usually all there is. There's just you role playing. There's you talking to NPCs is you trying to you guys talking to each other as to what to do next uh example like the library investigation stuff okay what are you gonna do well you know and, and as long as you don't uh what is it uh, just go to well just make a library skill row well what, how, where are you gonna go for your library skill row I mean are you going to are you actually going to the library or are you going to uh google to try to break into their you know into their offices and find information 
or something like that. I use Google because we're in Silicon Valley and Google's right pretty close to us. Or Apple. Yeah, Apple's even closer to where we live. Though, I mean, I'm sure they have security. But <laughs> but there's so many Apple employees. Why would you need to break in because you can just Google it? No, no, no. But, you know, like if you want information that they don't have on the computers or in files or something, and whatever, you come up with all kinds of crazy stuff. That's okay. What I'm about. Google it for listening. It was just a joke. Oh, we're not really going to bring it to your facility. Be careful because she'll answer you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't say, hey, Google. <laughs> Loudly. <laughs> Instead of, a, what is it, Alexa. <laughs> Alexa, order me one of everything. Oops, sorry. <laughs> we don't have Alexa, so I can say that. So don't listen to this while uh, if you don't have earphones. <laughs> I think also when you have a non-combat encounter, you might have characters that are not combat geared or combat you know what is it maxed out as long as you're playing with munchkins uh and so you they you can tailor uh encounters that play to their character strengths whether they they like oh you don't even have to tailor the encounters not tailor but you know just uh, something something that they would be good at right well I'm just thinking of, of Liminal was another one that we played where oh, yeah. there's only really one character that's really powerful, the werewolf, right? <laughs> yeah, <it's> just, yeah. <laughs> but the werewolf... That's all you need. That's all you need is a werewolf. You can't just release the werewolf on stuff all the time. Oh, yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> but all the things that you run into, you have to figure out what's going on and you're not a, you are not a, a fighter character, right? You're you're different kinds of things, like an investigate. It's more of an investigative kind of game. Oh, definitely, yes. So there's not a lot of of encounters, and like if you run into vampires and stuff, you're not going to want to fight them unless you absolutely have to, because they will kill you. Yeah, they're pretty bad. I mean, they're pretty bad news. Vampires. You're right. I think. Well, that game's geared toward non-combat stuff, right? But you can take stuff from Liminal and. And adventures from that, and then port them into other games, whether they're purely uh, investigative and stuff. So, but even then, when you when you run a game like that, or when you run an adventure like that, where it doesn't, it's not combat centered. So, in that game, let's say you have a group of rogues, and one of them is into not so much into combat and make sure double dealing death machine. Uh, backstabbing machine whatever they call it nowadays you're more of a second story person right you invested heavily in in uh, athletics and move silently or whatever it's called now in D&D or any other game and so when they need information or they need to get an item from the the duchess's uh, uh, bedroom well you're not going to send the fighter in no you're going to send in the rope you know so so he he or she is happy maybe not so happy, to do that, right? Because then what I'm saying is it's kind of like a spotlight action, action, right? You, you, you're you're kind of, you don't have to, the, the characters don't have to bite, or the players don't have to bite or do exactly what you're thinking, but it allows, there's a chance that the rogue who, or the thief or in any game, who really worked on the counter, uh, what is it, the counterinsurgency, I don't know what it's called, kind of counterinsurgency, uh, overcoming traps and stuff, you know, that person can shine, and that, that's pretty neat. And you can do that with everything. You mean they have a good sneak skill. Sneak <laughs> skill, whatever it's called. Or, you know, or even a race, right? If there's a person who's like uh, a really, you know, really want to be a really good horseman for whatever reason. And, and, and a, a, a race of horses would be 
tailored or not tailored, but he would be the best. They would be the best character to be in the race. So basically, you you allow the spotlight to shine on characters who are not combat machines. You get what I'm saying? I think you might have to change your train of thought in that one. <laughs> or edit part of it out. Why? What would I say was wrong? I don't, nothing, just... It didn't make sense? <laughs> There's a possibility. Uh, and two, I think uh, anytime you have a non-combat encounter, it eases the GM's workload as far as... So the workload I'm talking about is like when you run a... Uh, Combat heavy adventure or a, a combat encounter. GM has to be prepared, right? They have to have the monster hit points, tactics. Okay, I'm just gonna say the GM has to be prepared, even if you're not running combat encounter. Well, uh, well, okay, you, you are correct. But in a non-combat encounter, what happens is because there's a lot of role playing, there's not much you can prepare for, except for maybe have. I don't know, the list of information that that person can give you or whatever the deal is. It's not that much to prepare for. And what you will do is be role-playing, which is part of what, I mean, that's the main part of what role-playing is. Role-playing games, (laughs) role-playing is like a major part. Game is a big part, but role-playing is the biggest part. And sometimes there's not a lot of role-playing in combat, where in a non-combat encounter, it's basically almost all role-playing. And <laughs> I gotta add this a little bit more. And what it, do, it does do also, it pushes the GM to be more spontaneous and to improve on their improvisational skills, which is almost every GM should have and should. That's a muscle you really have to work on and make sure that's nice and strong. So I think that you have explained and given people lots of examples and ideas for non-combat encounters oh yeah 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 yeah, thank you that was the whole point (laughs) and i and i I think the reason i wanted to talk about it is because i think they could be really important in the game i mean non-combat encounters are a vital way of keeping your game fresh and 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 not be uh, what is it not have the drudgery sometimes combat if there's too much combat it can get boring and and you don't want any kind of boring game we talked about previously we talked about combat and how to make them fun uh another way you can make them fun is not to have combat encounters all the time and non-combat encounters are part a big part of role-playing games and and that's where people most people role-play a lot is in the non-combat encounters now you're going to get those uh those munchkins like oh why do we have to talk so much but for the people in your group that really like role-playing i think that's the way to go and i think that they're really fun i i really you know that game that felipe ran because there wasn't so much combat was really fun also uh liminal when i ran liminal that was really fun i really liked it and you guys seem to really like it i think i ran it twice or three times so there you go they're really fun i think if you do it enough it helps you build your improvisational skills. And as a GM, that's, a, that's one of the main skills you really have to have because you cannot plan for every single possibility. Well, you can plan for every single possibility, but it may not happen <laughs> the way you want it to. <laughs> you can't. You're not Doctor Strange, you know, and go into the past, into the future, and all the dimensions of realities and investigate in the, la- in the next, you know, 34,000 days or past days. How many times does everybody schedule links so you can play? 
Did you see the meme? You know, he goes, Doctor Strange goes, and okay, finds I, out that he, that he, and so they ask him, so how many times can we play? He says, one. <laughs> so when all the schedules match together, it's a meme, honey. I'm sure. I'm sure you've seen it, and it's funny. Trust me. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. I think Jolene's done. <laughs> this is gaming perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And you have a good day. <laughs>